Hey guys, welcome back to Table Talk with Tiffany. I'm your host, Tiffany Taylor, and this is Table Talk. This podcast hopes to serve a purpose by being a virtual table where I can gather my friends around and we share stories of courage, inspiration, and faith. I'm so excited to have you joining me today. Let's Table Talk. Hey guys, this is um, my brother. I'm so excited to have Christopher on the podcast today um, because we started out this Table Talk with Tiffany journey with my youngest brother, Clayton, and so now we get to have my middle one on the on the pod, and so Christopher... We're, we're both still younger than her, but yeah. Yeah. Um, you want to introduce yourself, Chris? Uh, yeah, my name is Chris or Christopher. The family calls me Christopher. Uh, everyone else calls me Chris. Um, yeah, so I work in insurance right now. I've worked in ministry before. Uh, very passionate about people, uh, helping people, and I'm excited to be on the show. Thanks. Cool. So... Yeah, let's talk a little bit about your recent career move. Like, it was a year ago or so? Yeah, I think a year ago in two weeks, okay. or in a week. What has that been like? Mm-hmm. All you've known is working in ministry with kids and youth, and now yeah. you're... Yeah, um, so, so I think when I was about 14 years old, I really had, I guess, a desire to work in ministry, and it kind of started off in the nursery. Um, I would work with little kids and toddlers and just kind of hang out and mess around and play and and that's kind of grown out through high school and um, where I really liked to be in positions of ministry and then that kind of developed into my 20s where I got an offer to to go work in Dallas for a summer and then I got an offer to work at my home church and then got an offer to work at a local church and really just began to fall in love with ministry. Um, and so I loved like doing full-time work, serving, helping, um, building up and encouraging people. Um, so I kind of come from a ministry background, but recently, about a year ago, uh, made the change to work in insurance um, simply because, you know, a ministry background doesn't pay the bills. <laughs> not and, all the time. Um, not all the time. You're right. But, I was doing I wasn't able to support uh, myself and my future family so I wanted to you know and I even asked the Lord I even was like God is this cool can I take off and I felt like he was he was like yeah you're good you can go Um, and after conversations with my dad one thing he told me was like the church is going to be around even without you Mm. like you won't just because you're leaving doesn't mean that like, Everything falls apart. Exactly. And like, yeah. So when I made the change, I was really nervous um, because you know, I've never worked in sales. Um, my main product I've sold is Jesus, but I've never really like worked on like, hey, do you need home insurance? Do you need auto insurance? Do you need life insurance? Yeah. Um, so what is that? What is that like um, moving from, you said that you fell in love with ministry and I know that your heart is that you don't mm-hmm. love Jesus. You don't love ministry more than Jesus. Right. But just so that the record is clear and no one comes and adds us. I just want to say that. But getting to love, serve, design, play basketball, mow lawns mm-hmm. <laughs> um, for eight, nine, ten hours a day. 
um, for the sole purpose of Jesus and for people to encounter him, to know mm -hmm. him, to grow in their walk towards him. What does it look like now, um, not having a job title, but still um, living like that? Yeah, it's still, it's still cool because, I mean, even, even this weekend, I mean, what's today's date? The 10th, mm -hmm. the 9th. Um, this weekend, our church is opening up and I'm actually going back to serve in kids ministry uh, with Hope City. And, you know, I'm excited to go back. I'm excited to go back and serve. And, you know, even though I'm not on a full-time team, I'm excited to go back and, you know, just be a part of it, be mm -hmm. a part of the ministry, be a part of, you know, the body of Christ and, and working to build up. A few, I, mean, I mean, one of my passions is, if you haven't guessed it, is, is kids and youth ministry. And so I'm super excited to, to be a part of somebody's story, mm -hmm. you know, um, when I work at second, <laughs> all the kids called me, uh, Mr. Chris. <laughs> and, um, there's one particular story where a kid called me Mr. Chris and it was just so frightening. <laughs> Please so, tell the full story so people don't feel like they're having okay. an early Halloween experience. <laughs> okay. So when I was working at second, uh, we went to camp, um, at next level camp and it was me and two of the leaders were in a cabin. Uh, with about 15 of our kids and they're like how old and yeah they're like nine and ten years old <laughs> and so some of them this is their first experience before puberty like yeah. so kind of awkward yeah they're just having fun they're like let's go play kickball okay let's go but um but yeah so some of them this is their first time away from home and so some of their nighttime routines with their parents they're not being met yeah. And I have, I have to meet those needs with them. Because you're the adult right now. Yes, I'm the adult. I'm, I'm, the, I'm the leader. Two of the guys of 15 kids. And it's like, oh my gosh, I got five kids of my own. But so one night, uh, I think it's like a Tuesday night, I was just so tired from the day. And um, I'm laying down and I didn't even care that the kids were up. But like, I'm going to bed. And eventually, everyone falls asleep. I'm like, okay, it's good. We're asleep. And I'm laying down, and I'm on the bottom bunk. And, you know, it's, it's dark in the room. And it's like 2 or 3 in the morning, and all of a sudden, I just feel this presence come over my body. And, like, you know when you're when you're asleep, you can feel that presence. This is not the Lord. This is not the Lord. <laughs> I woke up, and right in my face was this little kid named Zacchaeus. And Zacchaeus goes, Mr. Chris. And I said, who are you? I legit thought, thought it was the enemy in my face. And he goes, I can't fall asleep. This poor kid's trying to whisper, but he sounds like a demon. <laughs> and I could not, I could not, I couldn't believe it. I was like, what do you need to kiss? And he goes, can you just, can you just sit next to me while I fall asleep? I was like, yes let's go <laughs> so i walked him back to his bunk I, I just sat next to his bunk and uh, waited for him to fall asleep it was i think about 15 minutes and then i got up went back to my bed and uh, <laughs> i went to sleep woke up the next morning i was like what the heck just happened just like <laughs> mr chris <laughs> like so terrifying during the morning oh it's such a funny story but you tell it all the time but yeah I, I i come from a background where i love working with with kids and youth because i love being a part of you know 
shaping and mold their mind around around Christ and them knowing that they're loved at such a young age. Mm -hmm. That's so beautiful. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that story. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. So funny. Okay, cool. Um, what else? I mean, you said earlier, like that you love evangelism, and I think that I mean I. Talk about that, yeah. Um. To talk about my gas station ministry, it has to start with um, this man named Chuck. And I think this is when the Lord really called me. Um, I was actually knows a while ago, but I'm sitting in my dorm room um, at at Blinn University in Brenham and hearing this guy talk saying, you know, if, great, if Christians believe they have the greatest gifts in the world, how come I never hear about it outside yeah. of church? And Ooh, he was an atheist and I was like, dang, I suck. I'm, I'm 19 and I've never shared the gospel with anybody. And um, on the, I came home on the weekend and uh, I was working weekends at Chick-fil-A and I worked the evening shift and I was coming, I was driving home, it was like 11, 12 at night, and all of a sudden I see this man walking on the sidewalk in our neighborhood. And I felt like the Lord was saying, I want you to give that guy a ride home. And I was like, what? No, God, I'm not doing that. It's 12 o'clock at night, I'm not giving this guy a ride home. He could have a weapon, he could, you know, be a, he could hurt me, I don't know, this is weird. But before I knew it, my car was already turning around. Like <laughs> my hands were doing what like my body was saying no to. But anyway, so I turned around, rolled on the window, and I said, Hey man, um, would you like a ride to wherever you're going? And he he looked around like, Are you talking to me? And I was like, Yeah, you. And he goes, Uh, yeah, I'll get a ride. And so um I said, Cool, man, where are we heading? And so I, he said, I'm just up down the street, take a right, take a left. You know, I, I actually know where he lives, but I'm just kind of going off the memory. And we're driving, and he has earphones in. And he said, he goes, hey, so the woman in my ear, um, and he was, I think he was from, I don't know where he was from, but he was definitely African. So he, had this, he has this thick African accent, which was awesome. And he goes, the woman in my ear tells me that you're an angel. And I said, I am not an angel. But that kind of led to a segue of conversation of what we believe. And I just kind of began to tell him about the Holy Spirit. Like, so he was leading me to you and whatnot. And he said, awesome, 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 cool. That's very cool. Anyways, this is my house. And, uh, and I was like, okay, well, um, before you leave, man, can I, can I pray for you? And he goes, of course you can pray for me. So I like pray for him and um, I'm just saying, God, thank you for this day. You know, like typical prayers, like in Jesus name we pray, amen. <laughs> and then before I knew it, he like, so we had like held hands while we were praying and I was like, amen. And I'm like pulling my hand away mm -hmm. and he like grabs my hand again and he like yanks me back to him, like almost pulling my shoulder out of my socket. And he's like, Father God, right now, I just bless you. And I thank you so much. And he's like praying over me. And I'm like, whoa. And he says, I pray that you bless this man's ministry mm -hmm. and that you blow it up. And this is the first guy I've ever like really 
try to evangelize to, mm-hmm. but he was already a Christian. And I kind of feel like from that is what really began my evangelism, like uh, passion, um, which led to gas station ministry. Because I would go back and see Yannick because he ended up working at the gas station and I would go back and see him. Um, we'd have conversations and, you know, there's one day he, he was just gone. I don't know where he went, but he, he left. Um, and I, I guess the phone number for him now doesn't work. But I was there, and I just, I just continued to, you know, try to evangelize there. And one time I was there, I, again, gas station ministry works. Um, but, <laughs> so everybody find a gas station, yeah. find the corner, yeah. go in. Don't be weird about it, but just like, if you're going to get some bubble gum, get it. Ask the Lord to talk to you, because he will. Um, I was in there, and I told the woman behind the counter, she looked pretty young, maybe like 20. And I said, hey, I just want you, I want you to know that Jesus really loves you. And there's a savior out there who really cares about you. And he was like, and she was like, who's Jesus? This woman who is in Katy, Texas, you know, suburban bubble, doesn't even know who Jesus is. In the Bible Belt, something that mm-hmm. you're, you just assume like everybody knows him or has heard mm-hmm. about him. Exactly. And so I got to talk to her about Jesus. Um, I mean, she didn't accept him right then and there, but she never heard of Christ. And there's people out there who, who literally don't know the Lord. And so mm-hmm. having an opportunity to share that with them was so awesome. And then, yeah, over the years, just kind of being at the gas station and just saying, hey, I just want to you know that Jesus loves you. And you kind of let the conversation go from there but you don't want to force anything. Mm-hmm. That's a good yeah. rule. Yeah. Um, what, what gave you courage to be bold about your faith? I don't know if it was, I think conviction is what led my, my courageousness. If that, if that sounds super tweetable. <laughs> um, I, was, I was really weighed down by my conviction of not spreading the gospel. And so when I get nervous about spreading it or I get, you know, like, what did I say? How's it going to go? I kind of think, well, like the Lord is the one who ultimately saves. Mm -hmm. Like our job as Christians is to plant the seed. And then your job may be to come and water that seed. But ultimately God's God's the gardener. He's going to be the one who causes things to grow. Mm -hmm. And so just coming in with that mindset of thinking, I'm not going to be able to save this person without the Lord. So Lord, you have to be in it in all areas. Yeah. I'm just here as a messenger. And, you know, a lot of Christians, I will say a lot are afraid to share their faith because they don't know what to share. They don't know what to say. When simply you just got to say, Jesus loves you and then tell them the gospel and then let the Lord lead you. Like let the Holy spirit lead your conversation. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, I mean, you're doing it for yourself and ultimately it's going to fail. I don't know. I don't want to get too preachy. <laughs> you can go ahead. Um, that's great. That's really great. I think that some pieces of encouragement are definitely like find. Mm-hmm. It doesn't even have to be big. It, you weren't publicizing this. Like it was done in private. Now it's public because I've been bragging on you, but um, it was done in private and it was done 
because of what the Lord was leading you in. And Mm -hmm. I think that if we, if we learn how to follow um, the nudges of God, they'll, he's, he's never nudging us into the wrong direction, you know? No, he's never doing that. He's never nudging you somewhere where he's going to make you feel anxious about it. Mm -hmm. He's always nudging you where it's going to feel like, it's going to feel like pain, but it's actually growing you. Like that's what it says in Hebrews. Um, yeah, can you talk a little bit about like how you feel the nudges from God, or you feel you felt like in the car He told you to pull over? Like, what does His voice sound like to you? Hmm. How do you know that He's speaking to you? Um, in every day, in Scripture, in prayer, like yeah, because it's always different. Yeah, bring think- it home for us. <laughs> I think the number one place to find what the Lord is speaking to you is in God's word. Because the word says that it's alive and active, mm-hmm. sharper than any double-edged sword. So the number one place, I think, to hear God's voice is to read God's scripture. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you're not reading God's scripture, then how can you hear God's voice? Mm-hmm. Um, second way for me is I get this feeling in my stomach um, and I know everyone's different. Someone's nose may flare up. I don't know. But <laughs> for me, it's like my my intestines are shifting. It doesn't hurt. It doesn't cause me pain, but it's like I notice it. Mm-hmm. And I know the Lord's speaking in that way. Um, and then if I just keep getting a reoccurring thought, not that I'm thinking about it too often, but if I keep getting a reoccurring thought like this, this, and this, and it's associated with that shifting in my stomach. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking, okay, maybe it's just the Lord, and I stop and think about it. Um, so, I mean, I don't think there's any special way to hear God's voice. Yeah. Uh, but the number one way, I will say, if anyone's out there and they're, and they're saying, man, I don't hear God's voice, it's hard for me right now. Mm-hmm. I would say the number one thing you should you need to do right now is you need to jump into Scripture, and you just need to, you just need to read. Like, just read and ask the Holy Spirit to reveal something to you. Mm-hmm. Like... Um, I think within the same year um, of me starting this evangelism ministry of my own, my friend and I, we decided to read, um, we decided to read the book of Romans um, one week at a time. So chapter one, we read it for a whole week. Oh, wow. Cool. And we asked the Lord to show us new things um, throughout the entire week. Mm-hmm. And in Romans one, where it talks about, like people um, knowing God based off creation, that convicted me because I wanted to pe- for people to know God based off like me coming to them and being like a missionary of sorts. And so I just I read my Bible. I said, Lord, put people in my life where I can. I'll have to find my Bible and find the actual note, but essentially I put, Lord, put me in a position to write and spread the gospel. Mm-hmm. And the next day, I was riding my bike up to school. I don't know where, where I was going. I was going up to the school. I think I was going to run, run around the track. And I noticed this uh, driver's license was upside down on the sidewalk. And so I picked it up, looked at it, and I noticed it was the man who uh, I had just passed on my bike. His name was Akash. I've always remembered that. I picked it up, looked at it, and I was like, this is the guy I just passed. Turned around, gave it to him. And I said, hey, man, do you know who Jesus is? <laughs> and um, he was a Muslim, and so he told me about, like, what he believes about Jesus, which, I mean, 
the sensitive ears was wrong, but um, I just began to tell him and love on him. And I, I didn't have any perfect way to, to talk about Jesus in that moment, but I just rem remember these are like the, the stepping stones of how the Lord was putting me in positions to spread the gospel. Um, and so then I went back and I read Romans that week. I read, I read the next day and I saw my note, Lord put me in positions to share the gospel. And then I freaked out. I was like, God, yesterday you put me in a position. <laughs> and so I was so overwhelmed with like God answering my prayer, like more than a day. Mm -hmm. I just began to cry. I was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know if you've ever been like that, but like, I you're guess. not sad, but you're just so overwhelmed with every single emotion being thrown in the pot that all you can do is just cry. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know what we were leading into that. I forgot why. I told that story. <laughs> um, that's, just, that's just, you just so yeah, one of the things I'm passionate about, if you haven't caught it yet, is I love evangelism. And I think every Christian should practice it. Um, no. I'm all for like finding a way of how to practice it. But I think it's something that we should all be practicing. Mm. You know, that's good. We were talking about um, how you hear God's voice. That's right. And so, yeah, I, what I am picking up from your stories is that it's not really extravagant. It's just being obedient and mm -hmm. authentic. Um, you're not forcing anybody to do anything. You're not forcing most of your conversations are just that they're conversations and it, curiosity led um mm -hmm. especially like that guy at u of h do you remember that one day i was at bethel and you called me and you were on the lawn mm -hmm. yeah i think yeah so we had talked about i think highlighting people mm -hmm. and i i was on the way to u of h i went i went to u of h guys sorry um i was on the way to school and i'd asked the lord that morning I was like, God, can you really highlight somebody to me today? Like, just make him so, so visible to me that this is who you want to speak to. Mm -hmm. And um, I was on the way to class. And I'm coming down the stairs. Or I'm, I'm going out the, one of the buildings. And I'm on the second floor going outside. Got to go down the stairs, down the hall, you know, whatever. And... As I go down the stairs, I look to my left and there's this man sitting under this like this umbrella. And I look at him and I'm like, I really gotta go to class. I really gotta be there. Cause I've skipped a lot of days. <laughs> like, I was that student, like, hey, you got a pencil, you got paper? Um, I'm just here because I, I need the grade. But um I really had to go to class that day, but I really just saw this kid and the Lord was like, I want you to go to him. I was like, okay. So I went and I was like, hey, um, I'm just coming over here to tell you that Jesus <laughs> loves you. Like, and I want you to have a great day. And I don't know what's going on in your life, but I, I really want to emphasize that Jesus really sees you. Like I, that was the thing I really told him now that he sees you. Cause you can tell a lot of people that they're loved and they're like, okay. Mm -hmm. It just passes over him. Yeah, but when you tell someone, he sees you it's like he sees me like i don't know anyway so that kind of got his attention and i said do you mind if i sit with you and he was like go ahead because he was kind of you know receptive to what i was saying and so i just kind of began to tell him about jesus and 
asked him if he was a believer. He said no. And, um, and then we just, we just kind of began to talk about his life. And he had said, man, you don't, you don't really understand. Which is funny because I think a lot of people say that. Like, oh, man, you don't know me. Like, you don't know what I've done. You know where I've been. And, you know, the Lord doesn't care about any of that. He's, mm -hmm. He wants your heart. Anyways, so this guy's like, man, you don't know where I've been. You don't know what I've done. You don't even know who I am. I said, I know. <laughs> like, I don't know anything about you. Um, but he goes, he goes, I'm suicidal. Like, wow. I wanted to kill myself. And in that moment, I was like, I don't know who you are, but I clenched his hands. I said, let's pray right now. <laughs> and so I, I like stopped doing whatever I was trying to do, like talk. And I was like, we're just going to pray. And so we began to pray. Um, and he like looked at me like in a different way. He was like, this is crazy, man. Like, <laughs> this is weird. And I was like, that's just God, man. He loves you. And I was like, I'm not trying to be weird or anything, but like he, I really, I prayed for you this morning, man. I was like, I prayed for you before I even knew you. Mm. And just asking the Lord to do that was like, it's, it's also really rewarding for the person evangelizing because it's kind of like going on like a mini mission trip. Mm -hmm. where you know god works in both your hearts to fix both of you guys um now i told y'all some pretty cool stories but they're they're not like they're not all extravagant sometimes you tell someone hey jesus really loves you and he wants you to know that and they're like okay thanks and it's on with their day mm -hmm. and it's like okay that's really important for people to hear that it's not a home run every time yeah it's not it's you're most likely going to be batting like one, 100. <laughs> and if you don't know baseball, 100 is not that good. <laughs> <laughs> like you're not going to be hitting home runs. You may get a few, a few singles. You may get, you may get some in the gap. The ones that are in the gap, those are the most fun. Uh, because you get to run, a, you get to do a triple and you get to go all the way home. But like the Lord's like, you know what? I want someone else to hit get the, the run in. Yeah. Oh, that's a good metaphor. That's great. I love that. Oh, let's camp out here for a second. Okay, okay so there's a runner on base mm -hmm. on second. Mm -hmm. and Who's on first? Uh, Altuve. Okay, no, sorry. No. You guys, Tiffany Dan's doing a joke. I'm sorry. I didn't. I was just trying to answer. Who is on yeah. first? Altuve is on first. Okay. okay. <laughs> um, there's, a, there's a runner on second. Mm -hmm. And you are batting mm -hmm. right now. And yeah, you like you hit the ball and you end up only getting to get to second, but the runner on second came home. Mm -hmm. And so that is kind of cool to think in some cases you're the waterer, in some pla places you're the planter. Mm -hmm. And then sometimes you're standing with the gardener as the harvester and you're like, oh my gosh, this just like popped up overnight. Yeah. When we don't know that there was seed, water, rain, seasons. Yeah cultivating and it just seems like a overnight thing but really you yeah. help someone else hit the ball in and i just think that's a really cool metaphor yeah metaphor analogy i like it i just came up with that trademark thank, thank you holy spirit <laughs> <laughs> um wow we've really talked about a lot we've talked about evangelism we've talked about uh ministry and insurance there is one more story of evangelism I want to talk about. Please do. Um, 
this one is on the way. So on the way to working full-time ministry, when I was working at second, um, it was my first day as the next level, um, like director, you're on intern, whatever you want to call it. Um, it's my first day being there. And this is after a summer of working in kids ministry of like of internships. And they said, Hey, Chris, do you want to come on and be a part of the team? I was like, heck yeah, I want to be part of the team. <laughs> so it's my first day coming. Um, and I want to do my best. I want to get there on time. I want to get there early. I want to, you know, make sure I'm seeing everything, meeting all my volunteers, meeting all the kids, saying high five, like getting there, like being perfect. <laughs> and Maybe on the excellent. way, huh? Maybe excellent, not perfect. Excellent. Yeah, there you go. Perfect. Not perfect, but excellent. Anyways, on the way to work, um, I see this man picking up coins from the side of the road, like on, on Voss. And it was that same feeling that I got with Yannick about mm -hmm. turn your car around and go talk to him. And this time I was like, okay. So I turned around and this is after you know, years of the Lord prepping my heart of like being okay with like evangelism and being courageous about it. And, but there's still that sense of nervousness, mm -hmm. but you're, you're okay with it because you know, the Lord's going to take care of you through it. Yeah. And there's like a, there's a pattern, like you have the feeling in your stomach Mm -hmm. So you can relate it to the previous experience, like, oh, this is what God is saying, mm -hmm. or this is like the way that He's leading. So you are becoming more familiar with His voice. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it was it was it was easier to turn my car around to go talk to Him. So I pull I pull over, I see Him, and I just go, Hey man, and you know I'm finding that Hey man is not a good way to get people's attention <laughs> because people get alert. And so what I have to do next is I have to then walk with my hands up. Oh man. Like, okay. I'm like, I'm not a threat. Yeah. Um, so I gotta learn how to be more approachable. Anyway, so I walk up to him and let's just call him Joe and we're talking and same thing. Okay, man, I really want you to know that Jesus loves you. That he really loves you. He sees you. He knows everything about you and he cares for you. And same thing, like you don't know me, you don't know where I've been, yada yada. It's the same story a lot of the times. Um, and so, but this one was a lot, a lot longer of a conversation. We were there for about 45 minutes. So I was definitely late to work. Um, on your first day. On my first day, <laughs> trying to impress everyone. But we're sitting there and we're talking and we're there for a while. And it was, it was pretty funny because after a while, a policeman pulled over and he says, everything okay? Is there an altercation here? I was like, we're good. Like, I'm fine. Um, and he was like, okay, just want to check on you guys and make sure everything's okay. And I was like, no, yeah, we're good. And so anyway, I started talks. Joe is telling about his life. He's telling about his, he's gone to prison, how he, um, he's dated prostitutes, how he's um, currently, how he was currently some sort of a pimp, um, how he was homeless, like, Everything that was jacked up was him. And um, I just sort of asked him, I said, are you satisfied with your life? And he was like, no. And I was like, do you want to be satisfied with your life? He was like, yes. And I just explained the full gospel. I was like, Jesus came. Like, first of all, I was like, Jesus created the whole world. And then he, then he came in the form of a baby. Then he was raised up to be a man. He lived a perfect life. He died for your sins. And more importantly, he's alive today. And 
if you believe and trust in him, you can have eternal life with him one day. And I told him like the gospel and whatnot. And he looked at me like no one's ever told him that before. And was I that said, shocking? Yeah. Again, it's like people don't know. And so I told him and I said, do you want, do you want to know what love feel like, feels like, man? He goes, and with tears in his eyes, like this mm. man is just crying. Wow. And I'm like, all right, we're doing it. And I was like, do you want to know the Lord today? And he was like, yes. Wow. And I was like, great. <laughs> and so I'm excited. <laughs> and awesome. I'm like, hey, now how do I leave him in prayer? Because, you know, growing up in church, you hear like, pray this prayer, you'll be saved. Raise your hand, you'll be saved, yada, yada. And so I really made an emphasis. I told him, I said, look, man, there's nothing special about the next, about the way this is phrased. We're, we're simply going to invite Christ into your life. And um, I said, Romans says that if you confess your sins in your mouth and believe in your heart that Christ was raised from the dead and you shall be saved. And I told him, like, it's so easy. Really, it's like, it's so easy. He's like, okay. And I said, but you got to do it, man. This, is, this can't be something you say. Like, you got to mean this. Do you want this? I was really trying to emphasize that. Maybe I was coming up a little too strong in that moment. But I was really trying to emphasize it. And he's like, I want it. I said, and I said, okay, but still, <laughs> Jesus says that in this life, your life is probably going to get going to get harder, but it's going to be better in the long run because you'll be satisfied in Him. He was like, I want it. Wow. I was like, that's just awesome. crazy. And so, I was like, okay, let's Holy Spirit lead me so I can lead Him. Yeah. So we prayed a prayer. He accepted Christ in His life that moment. Wow. Um. And Ministry 101, always get contact information. I didn't get it. I can only hope I can only hope that he's walking with the Lord right now. Yeah. But I got to lead that man to the Lord. Wow. And that's one of my <laughs> like most wow moments about like evangelism. And that's like That's so fun. And to put so that so incredible. To put that in a baseball analogy, that's like hitting a grand slam in the ninth inning of game seven down down five runs or four runs, three runs, sorry. Hitting a walk-off grand slam, it, that's the equivalent of what that moment feels like. Mm. <laughs> and, you know, that's why I just think if the Lord's tugging on your heart, just to tell someone, hey, Jesus loves you and he sees you, go do it because you never know where the conversation's going to end up. Mm -hmm. That's just good. You don't need to know everything about the conversation, just Jesus loves you and he sees you, he knows you. And then sometimes you'll get the cool mm -hmm. or the roll eye or whatever, but mm -hmm. there are the moments when it hits and that's all worth it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So good. Oof. Is there anything else that you'd like to share? I mean, I feel like talking about anything else right now would kind of, <laughs> it'd, be, it'd be like a part two or like an, another segment. Let's come at, Let's come back with the part two later. Yeah, we can. Um, the last question that I am asking my friends and family is, um, because I love the table and what happens around the table, games, dinner, dinner parties, Catan. Mm. We haven't played in a while, which I think we need to change. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, like if you could throw any kind of party, it doesn't even have to be a party, but any thing around the table mm -hmm. 
with no budget limitations, what would it be like? Would it, where would it be? Who would be coming? What would we be eating? What would we be doing? Like we put our table in a setting? No, like literal any table. Any table, but just the sense of being around the table with people you love. Who's, I'm, I'm sorry, I don't really understand. Stupid. Um. You're not stupid. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, if you could, if you could have a breakfast, lunch, or dinner party, mm -hmm. what would you have? Oh, I'd have a, I'd have a dinner party. Okay, what would it be like? Where would it, it be? Would, okay, so it would be, it would be with all my close friends and family. Um, Avery would definitely be there. Um, I didn't mention Avery a lot in this video. So I I really wanted to emphasize evangelism, um, and almost everything I talk about is Avery. <laughs> we love Avery. Avery's his girlfriend. Yes. Avery. Yeah, she's amazing. Like, hello, Avery. I love you. Okay. Um, Moving sorry. on. Moving on. <laughs> See, that's why we didn't talk about it. <laughs> but Avery would definitely be at my right hand, um, and then everybody else can fill in the seats. But I would definitely have, you know, my immediate family, mm -hmm. my close friends, um, it would be like a normal, a normal night that I usually host. I like to have people over. Um, and then we would just have steak. I oh, would yeah. love steak to be there. Oh yeah. Um, I would love some mom's mashed potatoes to be there. Oh yes. Um, I would love, you know, you gotta put in the green in there. So I would love some like grilled green beans mm, or uh, asparagus. Asparagus with Parmesan um, cheese. Mm, Sounds so good. And then, so I've been watching MasterChef recently, so uh -huh. then we're gonna go ahead and pop it off with some chocolate cheesecake. Um, you know, or maybe chocolate mousse. That sounds better. Well, so we'll have some chocolate mousse um, and then an assortment of drinks if you, um, let's see, I wouldn't want to bring, definitely I would want those little ice drinks. Mm -hmm. Those little like uh, sparkling water drinks. Uh -huh. The cherry limeades, those are so good. <laughs> um, I would want one of those, definitely the water. Um, some sweet tea, some lemonade, just an assortment, you know. Um, and then the setting, I would want it to probably be like somewhere homey. So I guess like the house um, where everyone can kind of like be at home and hang out. Um, so yeah, that I guess that's where my table would be. Mm -hmm. And then we would all talk about gastros. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. That feels really dude. That honestly feels like a, every weekend. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's, I don't know. I like, I like my simple thing. I, I like, I like the cool things in life, you know, the fine things. But I'm also a very simple. I like something <laughs> simple sometimes. Just give a man a steak. Yes. And some really fancy cheesecake. Yes. It's going to be expensive dinner. Like everyone's got to pitch in. No, no. The budget is off. Oh, but it's off. There's no budget. Oh. You could bring in Master Chef. Oh, to I, cook yeah. for you. I would bring Gordon Ramsay to do to, to, to some flip, flamin, <laughs> what is it called, flamin mignons, whatever we call it. Uh, it's the two fancy yeah, it's, words it's, for it's, us, it's but he would be coming in and yes. doing his thing. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. Well, Christopher, thanks for being on, on the show and just sharing stories of really inspiration to step out of our comfort zone and share our faith. So, You're welcome. Thanks so for having me. You're welcome.